What's up guys? So last week I put up a questionnaire, ask me anything on Instagram and we got a shit ton of replies. So lots of questions. I couldn't cram them all into one podcast. So we split it up into two parts. Today, you're going to hear the first part and all the answers to the questions that you asked. Question and answer for me on Instagram is really important because I want to share any information that I have, but it's like shooting in the dark. It's like me just popping off with a gun in the middle of the night and I can't hit anything or maybe it's the message isn't directly towards you. So from time to time, I'll always ask, like, what do you guys want to hear about? What do you want to talk to me? about? What do you want to ask me? And in answering those questions, I learned something about myself as well. So it's important for us to take inventory regularly and do this. So anyways, I got a bunch of questions, so I'm going to read them off one by one and I'm going to answer those questions um, and, and try to tie it back to my experiences and hopefully that helps you guys in the future. So let's get right into it. First question we got was, what was my favorite project while I was working in Vegas? So this is a good one. It was a custom home. Now I was a part of a lot of projects, Aria Tower, Vidara Tower um, in Las Vegas, the city center, all these extravagant things but my favorite one has to be a shower i did in the northwest it was a custom home the guy was super patient and paid great money i did a full mud steam room i think i was in the shower for it, it had to be over four weeks um absolute favorite project i was just left alone to be a fucking artist and i still have the picture to this day um, and hopefully if you guys are watching the vid, we're going to throw up the picture right now. Um, but I absolutely, I had a blast doing the shower. It was amazing. Next question is go to shower system. Obviously you guys know I use Provo regularly. I like to incorporate the mud bed when I'm doing a custom size. So that's an easy one. Can I work with you? The answer is absolutely. I've never turned anyone down who came to the door, um, looking for a position now you're going to have to put in that work, motherfucker, if you want to last with us, because we all bust our ass when we work every day. So absolutely. Um, how do you bevel a tile and which tiles can you or can't you bevel? Um, I'm a big believer in the fact that there is no boundaries in this industry and you can figure out a way to do anything or achieve anything. It just depends on if there's enough money behind it. So when we got porcelain slabs, six millimeter porcelain slabs, 3.5 millimeter porcelain slabs, all the manufacturers said that we couldn't miter it, um, and we did right away. So um, I believe you can you can bevel probably almost any tile. It just depends on the equipment that you're using and your experience. What's the best pizza in the six? Six, for those of you who don't know, is Toronto. Um, and listen, if you think I am going to answer you anything but my wife's pizza, you're fucking nuts. <laughs> so my wife's pizza is absolutely the best pizza in the six. How do I deal with warped tile? Um, obviously, we have clips. And without sounding like an advertisement for a bunch of companies, I use Perfect Level Master Clips. Um, it depends, though, also, because if your tiles are bowed that bad and they're outside of industry specs, this is important. Now, we can get into really deep conversations, and I can make a podcast about each one of these questions, but I think this is really important the ANSI ratings and what's within TCNA standards is very clear about tile. 
and what tiles should be within. So if your tiles are bowed beyond what TCNA standards say they should be, then you shouldn't be installing the tile. But here's the, the kind of gap that we miss as contractors a lot. We don't research enough to find out what the, the requirements are for those manufacturers, so we don't know. If you just took five minutes and empowered yourself with the knowledge from TCNA's website to find out what's within industry standards, you can literally take that information right to the homeowner and show them that. If they see that information, now they're not just taking your word for it. And I mean print it out, put it on a piece of paper, hand them a piece of paper that shows them the standards and what tiles should be within and without uh, within you know, the tile manufacturers have to be within this certain, you know, whatever it's bowed out an eighth of an inch or a quarter of an inch, whatever. If they're not within those standards and it's clearly written on that piece of paper, the client is much more likely to accept that information, it being written down on a piece of paper. If you're just saying it, you just sound like a guy who's trying to get out of working with a certain tile because you don't feel comfortable with it or you don't like it. But if you actually show them that standard and you show them that then they're much more likely to understand that. And then they can take that back to the supplier and give them a little bit of feedback. And hopefully you can pick a different tile. If it's within that standard, well then yeah, you can use clips and use a highly modified thin set that bonds really well, keeps that tile held down. It's got a pull strength, um, a PSI strength of you know 100 plus per square inch that's holding that tile from snapping back to that position that it wants to be in you know, years down the road. How hard was your first couple of years in jail slash, I mean, business? Uh, yeah, it, if you've never been to jail, start a business because it's pretty much the same thing um, if you're doing it wrong, which takes years to figure out, by the way. Um, for some people, some people figure it out right away and then realize that it takes years of being in what something is, feels like jail, but eventually will become something much better. But we go into that much deeper on a lot of other episodes. So, I won't bore you with that. Can you can you help me find an installer? Actually, the best thing that I could do for you is to teach you how to teach someone to be an installer. So if you're looking, I know it's a joke and a lot of people in Toronto are looking for good help right now, but the answer is actually really serious. The answer is learn how to train your people properly to fit within the con the the goal structure that you've set up for your business if you haven't set up a goal structure for your business then you got to do that first and then you can train people properly but build a training system and train your own people um, and they will not only be happy that you helped train them but if you do it the right way then there's a loyalty that's attached to that as well um do you use a wet saw and if so what blade um Yes, I do use a wet saw for a lot of backsplashes, mosaics, um, glass tile, metal tile. Depends on the material, what blade. Uh, the Hummingbird blade for me, made by Core Abrasives. Uh, obviously, we sell it on a tile free store. That thing will cut anything, metal edges, and it literally cuts. It, I cut another tile saw blade, another diamond blade in half with that one. If I'm doing glass, then I use a PAGCR blade. It's a light blue blade made by Core Abrasive as well. Um, how has social media changed construction? So this is a optimist, pessimist, glass half full, glass half empty, uh, kind of a question, because if you're the glass half empty kind of a person, then you're going to go, 
your answer to that is, oh, it's fucked construction. Basically, now everybody's on their phone all the time and they're blah, 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 blah. If you're a glass half full kind of person, you're going to say, oh, well, it's great. People are empowered to feel confident and proud of their work that they can post online. And if you're a realist and you're a business person, you're going to say it's the greatest free advertising on the planet. Um, and that's basically what it comes down to is is if you're not OK, if you look at this like you're a salesperson and you're trying to close the deal and you're sitting there constantly telling people, oh, you should buy this, you should buy this, you should do this, you should do that. Part of the reason why I hate the term influencer, because you shouldn't be trying to influence people. You should present certain material and hopefully they like it. And if they do, then you can conduct business together if it's a good fit. So when I say um, it's the greatest free advertising out there is it's an opportunity for you to express to people how much you love your trade. It's an opportunity for you to show people your habits, your daily habits. And it's an opportunity for you to show people the size of your team and what your company is all about. So for me, I take the realist perspective of it's fantastic free advertising, social media, um, but it does take a lot of work. And if you don't have someone who's obligated to that 100% or full time, 40 hours a week, then it's not going to pay you back the way that um, you need to invest into it. What did your first contact look like? Um, I'm not sure what that means, but I'm going to assume it's talking in refer reference to like a builder or um, somebody who helped me get more work. So my first contact was my uncle. He was a builder in Monterey, California, built in Carmel Highlands and Pebble Beach, um, known as a very short person didn't you know wasn't the person making a bunch of jokes or you know handing out hundred dollar bills to everybody he was known as the guy who was very strict and very to the point um my uncle was a, a very very uh strict person to be around and but once i earned his trust um, which was very difficult he became a very good contact for me not just for work but as a resource to bounce things off of when I questioned uh, myself. And he's a reason a lot of times when I put a tile in I'm not happy with, instead of just kind of brushing it off and moving on to the next piece, remove the piece and redo it. He's, I, I mean, I've come in the next, I've torn out a whole shower because I wasn't happy with it. And a big reason for that is my uncle. So he was, he was the first contact for me that's important in construction. Next one is no question. Just keep up the solid content. I really appreciate that guys. Um, for me, this is all about sharing. Um, I want to share my story. I want to share my experiences in hopes that somebody takes value from it. I, I think it's like constantly. We're always analyzing the numbers. How many views did you get? How many likes did you get? How many comments did you get? And at the time you're doing that because you're trying to evaluate and 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 do kind of a profit and loss for each different situation every time you post something every time you're trying to brand you you have this goal in mind but at the end of the day if there's one view on the podcast and that one view took something away from it and they made their business better if they made their family better if they made themselves better um, then that's worth it for me. So I'll keep on doing this as long as I get at least one of those comments um, or one person out there feeling it. Next question is how long till slabs are installed for pennies? <laughs> um, 
they're probably already being installed for pennies right now uh unfortunately the best uh the best fight for that the best way that we can defend against that is to help educate people as much as possible i will say social media is probably going to help that um we have to keep informing people and we have to keep educating people about what's required in the installation process and how valuable it is um, underneath the surface. So I think we're doing a better job now than we ever have before. Um, I, I just I don't know, I don't know how else to fight it other than that. That's that's going to be our best bet. How do you market porcelain panels? Do we supply panels? Um, or do we make the customer find their own? So because the market is the way it is right now, some people want to provide their own. They've been sold the panels and didn't have the installer yet. And some people have, um, have found the installer, but they don't know the pricing or anything else behind that. So what you really want to do is market yourself as a niche installer. Some people are going to not love what I have to say, but unless you do porcelain slabs every single day, unless this is your niche, your niche, your niche, however you want to say it, um, then, then don't do it. If you're doing one fireplace every three or four months, then, um, then people, people shouldn't be hiring you. If, if, if you're a traditional tile installer, then be a traditional tile installer, you know, stay, stay in your lane. If you're a slab professionalist or you want to become a slab specialist, then do it. Don't, don't tiptoe around it. Do it. Don't beat around the bush. Get on it, learn the trade um, as a separate entity because it is a separate entity. It's just like granite countertops. You don't see guys who set 12 by 24 one day and then turn around and go do granite countertops. It's a specialized part of this trade. So if you're going to get into the market, then do it properly and then you'll learn how to market it properly. Next question is, where do you find motivation to do the things that you don't want to do? Um, that's something I struggle with every day. There's, there's times I don't want to work out when the COVID-19 happened. I literally set up a whole gym in my house. Thanks to my buddy, Amped, <laughs> Amped Luke, shout out to my boy, um, hooked me up with a bunch of equipment and I find it harder right now to go downstairs into the basement and work out than I did when I was driving in an hour and a half to the job site and going to the gym at five o'clock in the morning separately i i don't know it's hard it's hard to motivate yourself it's hard to to wake up and and figure out a way to motivate yourself to do the things that you don't want to do um that's something i struggle with constantly all i can say is sit down write a list of the pros and cons if you were successful at what you wanted to do so if you want to work out every day and you want to you know you want a nice body and you want to be healthy and you want to do all this stuff, then sit the fuck down, write on a piece of paper, all the benefits of that and all the things that you have to give up. So a pros and cons list of, of what you want to achieve. And you'll figure out when you write that list, if that's something you really want to do or not. And if you don't, then accept the fact that you don't want to do that. All right, guys. So thanks for stopping by. I really appreciate it. As you know, like subscribe, all the regular bullshit. But 
If you didn't hear your question being answered on this episode, I got something special for you. There were so many questions that we had to push it to two episodes. So next week, we're going to continue on with the questions. If you didn't hear yours answered already, you're going to hear it next week. I guarantee it. And Christmas is over. Shopping's done. Time to get the fuck back to work. <laughs>